This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, as I've been doing the last several weeks, I'll start out talking about the current COVID-19 situation. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make an absolute promise of this, but I'm gonna do what I can so that next week's show will be COVID-free. I'm gonna do my best. If anything big should happen during the week, well, then I'll change. But uh, you know. Then I'll have to say something about it. But I've been fairly topical these days with the show, especially because of the COVID, uh, that I thought, well, you know, I, 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 need to, I feel the need to talk about it, at least for myself. Uh, and then I've been realizing, hey, let's, let's give it a break if we can. So next week, I will do my best to do a show that will be COVID-free uh, if possible. Okay, but this show... <laughs> I'm going to start off with doctors putting their feet in their mouths. Yes, uh, open mouth, insert foot for a couple of doctors. And uh, one of them is, well, they're both actual doctors. They both really are doctors. I mean, uh, you know, unlike myself, I am not really a doctor. Dr. Dim is just a nickname. It's all it is. I have no doctorate. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a... PhD, I, nothing. So it's just a nickname. That's why I say at the top of the show, if I'm going to use the Dr. Dim thing, I have to be forthright and say, I'm not really a doctor. And then I've turned it into an entend- a double entendre thing by saying, I just play doctor online. Okay, so. All right. Well, um, the first up doctor that we're going to talk about is, is an actual doctor, not a medical doctor. He is Dr. Phil. Now, Dr. Phil is a, um, he has a doctorate in clinical psychology. He is not licensed to practice as a clinical psychologist anywhere in the country, but that does not mean he's not a doctor. He has a doctorate, he has achieved the PhD level, and he knows about clinical psychology. He's a psychologist. He knows more about psychology than I do. I would consider him an expert on psychology. Whether what he does on television is pseudoscience or not, well, there's an awful lot of criticism about how he does his show. But he was on the uh, Dr. not Dr. Laura Ingram show on the Fox News Network. And she is, uh, well, you know, she's got the conservative leanings in her politics. Doesn't always mean that she's wrong, though. 
but she does have the conservative thinking in her politics, and uh, she's kind of wrong here. Um, she, I believe it was the same show that she had Dr. Fauci on there. If there's one positive to come out of uh, uh, the Trump administration as far as staffing, it's Dr. Fauci. Uh, he's, he's doing what he should be doing. Um, and but he has a hard time. <laughs> there's there's images of him face palming when uh, when President Trump uh, goes off the page when he stays off the tele when he goes off the teleprompter and he starts riffing off the cuff and his word salad stuff when he starts bringing up just stuff that's wrong and you can see Dr. Fauci back there's just saying oh God <laughs> anyway. But Dr. Fauci was on the show, and Laura tried to, uh, you know, get him with a gotcha. Well, you know, we don't have a vaccine for HIV/AIDS. We don't have a vaccine for SARS. We don't shut down the country because of that. And Dr. Fauci explained that they're both different things. Uh, HIV/AIDS is true. We don't have a vaccine against it, but we do have a treatment or series of treatments for HIV-AIDS that people that have that can pretty much live a normal life now. Years ago, it was a death sentence. Science has brought us to a point now where people who have that can expect to live a pretty much normal life. Um, SARS, as he explained to Ms. Ingram, is um, they were you know, the scientists that were dealing with finding a vaccine for SARS, they were really close, apparently. They were in the process of getting approval to get the vaccine to the market. They, they, were, they were close. Uh, when, as, as Dr. Fauci put it, the, the virus just disappeared. It just it was gone. So they didn't need the vaccine. It just disappeared. That can happen. So Laura's asking, well, couldn't that happen with, with this, this current coronavirus that's going around? He said, well, it could. <laughs> and I don't know if he went, I, I went to put it exactly this way, but just because it could go away doesn't mean we should stop looking for a vaccine for it because if it might not go away. This one seems pretty good about sticking around. So, the, so he refuted her on these things. So, well, they have to turn to another doctor to um, to hear what they want to hear, the Fox News people, to hear what they want to hear. So they turn to Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil is a psychologist. He is not someone that knows about infectious disease, how, they, how infectious diseases spread, and how to prevent that spread, and how to develop a vaccine. That's not his field. He's not an expert in that. And yet, He's the one they turn to. Now, I will link to in the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes. Uh, you'll be able to you know, find the link to this stuff. Well, I'll put the entire interview between uh, Laura Ingram and Dr. Phil so you can hear for yourself what he says and all that. Uh, when they talk about this, the psychological effect on people, the, to shut things down, people who suffer from acute loneliness... How will that affect them? Now that they're even 
even more forced into a situation where they'll be alone. Uh, how is that going to affect them? And you know, that kind of, so when he's talking about that, and even giving some advice toward the end of the segment, they had some people tweet in some questions, and one person asked the question about, you know, how, now that we're stuck at home with each other, how do we uh, avoid getting on each other's nerves? Or question of that along those lines and and dr phil answers well you know you have to realize that uh, you need space even within in the home you need to be emotional space and personal space you need to be able to do that and you got to remember the other person might be in might be being a jerk but you could be a jerk too you know so you have to you know patience and that kind of stuff i'm not getting it word for word but when he was doing that i thought okay okay he's within his realm of expertise he's he's in his field here but then he starts talking about something that's not in his field. Uh, he said that he starts comparing, you know, COVID-19 to car accidents, cigarette smoking, and uh, swimming pools, drowning in swimming pools. And he throws out these numbers, and you can tell he's looking down at something where he's got the numbers, you know, on a like a like a tablet or something. He's looking down at it. He says uh, 45,000 Americans die each year in automobile accidents. I saw that the number, that might be a little exaggerated for the number, but okay. Uh, 480,000 people die from cigarette smoking. And then 360,000 people die in swimming pools. Well, that's just flat out wrong, that one right there. I think he misread his number or maybe miswrote it because it's closer to 3,600 people Americans drown each year, not necessarily in swimming pools, just drown. So, you know, so I, I'll give him the, you know, he just got the number wrong. Okay. Um, and so he brings these up and he says, we don't shut down the country for that. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't do the accent. I shouldn't. Sorry. We don't shut down the country for that, he says. And um, another source that uh, was, was responding to this, uh, um, I guess it's MSNBC has the show called Morning Joe, Joe something, Joe Scarborough, is that his name? Anyway, so he's he's responding to that. He's got some people on his show responding to what Dr. Phil said, and he pretty much says, you know, talk about stupid. And the response is, those three items that uh, that Dr. Phil brings up, car accidents, cigarette smoking, and drowning are not contagious. And this coronavirus that's going around, the SARS-CoV-19, or SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 is the disease, SARS-CoV-2, uh, or SARS-CoV-2 is the, is the name of the virus. But this coronavirus that's going, that's giving us, you know, the troubles that it's giving us, is contagious and it's highly contagious. They uh, uh, that Morning Joe show they also pointed to uh, a conservative pundit that had been posting about this, and this fellow's name's Eric Erickson. It says that it essentially says that um, uh, well feels wrong, <laughs> and this this looking at 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 COVID nineteen as uh, well we don't freak out about you know the flu and all this stuff. Well, he, he sh there's a chart where he shows that the 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 deaths from COVID nineteen are are eclipsing the deaths from heart disease and cancer, which are number one and number two in the United States, and you know, it's it's and it's doing that 
in a matter of weeks. Weeks. Remember last week I talked about the GIF GIF thing of showing the you know COVID and the and the numbers of deaths each day as a, as as compared to the average numbers of daily deaths from 15 other causes of death, which the top of which was heart disease. And when that one that chart ends on February 7, 2020, it ends with COVID 19 being the top number one in one day. You know, over 1,800 deaths, like uh, it was something like 1,842 deaths in one day. That's why we have to take this thing so seriously. You know, that's why we shut things down. And that's why we should be dragging our feet, being cautious about getting back to normal. And Dr. Phil even said in there, I quote, we probably shouldn't have ever done this or started this. We, let's start the quote again. We probably shouldn't have ever started this, which apparently is what Sweden is doing to kind of letting it go. And Sweden's seen some pretty bad numbers. So I, I had, um, you know, there, there have been other people on Facebook Facebook friend of mine had did a, done a post about let's get back to work, you know. Essentially, you know, it's, let's you know. And there's been protests that are popping up now where people and they tend to, they tend to be Trump supporters. We gotta go back to work. We gotta get back to normal, you know. And the president is saying that we should be liberating these states. Liberate Minnesota was one of his his deals. Like liberate us from what? Not dying from this disease. Not not get catching this disease. Is liberate us from that? It's just uh, uh, when I saw the pictures of the people protesting, gathering together on the Capitol steps or some some government building steps in Michigan, some of whom were wearing masks. Why are you wearing the masks? Are you trying to protect yourself from the from the illness, or are you trying to protect your identity? Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe the identity. I don't know. But you know and i'm just and i've been commenting i'm just counting the days until we get news reports of these people that have gone out to protest start getting sick cuz it's going to happen we're going to hear about it we're hearing about uh, priests and, uh, and 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 people that have defied the shutdowns and and had masses or we, you know got together so we're we're hearing about those people getting sick so I mean, it's going to happen there's enough of them out there defying it it's going to happen. And again, I turn to Neil deGrasse Tyson and the observation he made. This is, a, this is an experiment. This is a test case to see. He may not have put it in those exact words there, but this is a test case to see if the American people, if the people of the world, are going to listen to the scientists. I said in a comment of my friend who was posting about getting back to work, getting back to normal. Everybody else was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's in agreement with them, the, the people commenting. And I just said, um, I'll take the advice of experts in infectious diseases and how they spread over, you know, over economists. And I would add psychologists, presidents, and Fox News. Um, yes. There is going to be an economic economic fallout from this, and yes, there are going to be psychological and emotional uh, uh, troubles, fallout 
from this as well. And it's the trade-off. You know, it's the trade-off. Do we would we rather have people dying? Or would we, you know, or do, would we rather try to get through this and then deal with those other problems once we're done with this? You know, I think I've said it on this show before, and I give you an would you rather situation. Would you rather come out of the COVID-19 crisis and look back and say to yourself, boy, did we overreact? Or, man, we sure didn't do enough. Which would you rather? Uh, I've got another doctor who has uh, put his foot in his mouth, but I'll get back. I'll get to him uh, when I get back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return. Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi? B. Jane Goodall, C. Albert Einstein, or D. Snooky. This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Station identification. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Another doctor this past week put his foot in his mouth. <clears throat> and this is an actual medical doctor. He's a surgeon. He's a heart surgeon. And from what I understand, he's a very good one. He's Dr. Oz. Now, Dr. Oz 
when whenever a skeptic hears the the name Doctor Oz, the eyes begin to roll. Doctor Oz is a very dangerous man, as far as skeptics are concerned. He's a very dangerous man because um, he peddles a lot of bullshit. Uh, he got in some trouble some years ago. He was brought before a Senate hearing committee uh, to, you know, in uh, looking into um, deceptive advertising of weight loss stuff and Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz's promotions of weight loss techniques and or you know products and promises and that. So he got in some trouble there, and I think. When he got back to his show after that, he tried to, you know, he maybe learned a little bit of a lesson to saying, you know, let's let's try to be a little more sound scientifically. But I don't think it's I don't think he's gotten onto the right side. Uh, from what I've I've read, you know, there've been people that have uh, studied his show, and they say that it kind of works out to roughly fifty percent of what he tells I tell you on his show is medically sound advice, scientifically medically sound advice scientifically uh, supported medical advice and uh, about half of it is and the other half is bullshit and a general audience watching his show is not going to be able to to tell the difference it, so that's why he's so dangerous some of the stuff he'll tell you is true you should follow that advice but some of it is just just wrong. Well, he too was on one of the Fox shows with Sean Hannity. Oh, Sean Hannity. You know, even in my more conservative days, you know, through the 90s, mid, you know, mid 90s into the early 2000s, uh, I was more conservative. I, I think even up through the second term for George W. Bush, I, I held him more conservative, but I was beginning to go back to the left, where I had started. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm more left-leaning now than I, than I was, certainly during my conservative time. But you know, I'm, 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 I still have certain um, conservative views. I th I th and 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 certain uh, sympathies toward the conservative viewpoint, I can under or at least understand it uh, a bit. So you know, but even when I was in my much more conservative stage, I thought John Hannity was a boob. <laughs> I did. I did not think this the man. He's he can't debate. He talks about debating, but he, he can't debate. He just has somebody comes on. He just interrupts him and shouts him down. That's that's how that's his debating style. That's not debating. Michael Medved is a conservative who can debate, um, who will state his viewpoint, point out where you know the merits of his argument, point out the demerits in the argument of the person on the other side. You know, he will do that. Um, Dennis Prager is another one who's who can debate. And Dennis Prager has always said that he wants to understand the other person's point of view. He may not agree with it, but he wants to understand it. And I think that's that's admirable. Um, you know, there are some points of view that you, you know, I don't need to understand what makes somebody a Nazi. <laughs> but, you know. 
but Hannity is just he's horrible. He's just a bulldog. He's just a bully. And no wonder he's so so fond of, of President Trump. But he had Dr. Oz on his show. And Dr. Oz was, you know, they were talking about how can we get back to back to business, back to normal. And Dr. Oz was talking about uh, schools and maybe getting the schools open because there are some benefits to having schools open and those would be, you know, uh, there are, it's a clean environment by and large, food, you know, lunches, food, it's safe, you know, some, some kids do not have that kind of environment at home. And if they can have that environment at school, you know, that's, that's better for them, you know. If they live in an abusive household, being all sheltered in together is not going to be great. Okay, so he's, that's part of what his thinking was when he when he said this this deal about, you know, if we did that, if we opened up the schools, it would be just you know like two to three percent more in the fatality rate, and <laughs> or two two or three percent more dead, you know, and the internet's just jumped on him. That he was calling for the deaths of millions of children, because two to three percent, you know, a small percentage of a big number is a big number. You know, so fifty-six million school children, you know, two to four percent of that is over a million kids, and that's what people were thinking that Dr. Oz was advocating. Well, he wasn't. He was talking about us, uh, uh, the Science Journal, The Lancet that was referring to a study that was done uh, in the UK based you know, on what's going on in the UK and this study had found that had uh, the mitigation taken place in in the UK had it not included shutting down schools they would have seen two to four percent uh, you know uh, more in the fatalities, you know, they would see, they would have seen that. Wouldn't necessarily be the kids at school, but the kids at school could, you know, you know, catch this the the illness, bring it home, give it to siblings that may have a compromised immune system, give it to their parents, give it to their grandparents, give it to friends, give it to cousins, give it to neighbors, you know, spread it around. You have more more ways to spread it around. And that, but you know, but it would have been a, like a like a two to four percent difference, which you know, Doctor Oz was, he, you know, it was it was it was he was awkwardly saying that that that's not that much of a difference, but when you look at the numbers, <laughs> um, so anyway, so everybody jumped on him about the millions of things, and I there was an article in Reason on Reason.com, which is from Reason Magazine. It's a libertarian thing. So, yeah, well, there's going to be people that are just going to dismiss it out of hand. But you know, libertarians can be right, just as conservatives can be right, and just as liberals can be right some of the time. Some might be, you know, depending on your viewpoint of the world, someone in there is right more often than the others, but, you know, they're not always wrong. They're not always right. Well, Reason Magazine was trying was trying to point that out that he was not talking about millions of dead kids. He was just talking about thousands. <laughs> and I was, you know, in my pedantic nature, 
and I was trying to help set that record straight and commenting on Facebook by posting, here's a link to the Lancet article that Dr. Oz talks about. Here's a link to Reason Magazine, what they've said about it. And here's a link to these the, to the study that the Lancet article is referring to. Here, here, more information, more information. Here's more information for you to come to a conclusion about what Dr. Oz was doing. But I, you know, and when it, it took a little, you know, some responses from somebody and my reading more and looking at stuff and, 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 and seeing the responses. And then I thought, you know, yeah, you know, maybe Dr. Oz wasn't intending to say that another couple, you know, another two to four thousand people dead, which was that would be the numbers. Because that's what, well, actually, that's what uh, Reason magazine was saying. They said that, say, it's you have there's a hundred thousand people that die in the UK from COVID 19. Let's say that happens. Well, two to four percent is another two thousand or four thousand people. <laughs> no big deal. Well, it sucks if you're one of the two thousand to four thousand people or you're related to them. <laughs> you know, sucks to be you. Oh, well, wasn't me, was sort of Reason Magazine's idea. Uh, you know, but I didn't see that at first. It took a little took a little reading and it took a little pushback from other people to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, that is a horrible idea. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the study and the Lancet, you know, the, the, the Lancet magazine uh, or journal and the study that it was referring to were not advocating that we shouldn't have shut down the schools. Is shutting down the schools worth saving the lives of a couple thousand people, four thousand people? Yeah. If those are the number, those are the numbers that Reason decided to use. So then I, I, I didn't exactly backtrack. I just, I just said, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> this is horrible, and Dr. Oz is wrong, and he's a danger, and he should just go away. And then Dr. Oz did, you know, he got this pushback on it. And he, he did go on on his Twitter and produced a, a video saying you know that he was he misspoke he, he he got people thinking the wrong thing he apologized and okay you know I can give him that all right you misspoke you you made a mistake here you're apologizing for it now go and sin no more okay. You know, I talked about, uh, you know, we when somebody goofed something up with Dr. Drew, when he goofed something up, when he was wrong, and he came out and said he's wrong, okay, good, good. Go and sin no more. In fact, Dr. Drew, speak out and say how wrong you were as often as you can. And be on the side of the angels here. And Dr. Oz, go away. <laughs> because you're dangerous. It's just like I said at the top. He's dangerous because his show mixes sound medical advice with bullshit. And the audience has a difficult time telling which is which. And, so, and I, I dare say most of his audience don't even realize that some of it's bullshit. Where am I at in this time on this clock here? Oh, well, one more thing about the COVID-19. You guys know who Kenneth Copeland is? Uh, he's one of those televangelist types. And he seems a little bit unusual. Seems, seems a... Yeah. <laughs> um, 
this video has uh, surfaced of him from his from his show. He's he's preaching to an empty church, but not on an empty stage. There's like there's like something like four other men with him, and they're they're trying to stand at safe distance apart from each other. And and Kenneth is at the podium or the lectern or whatever they call it, and he's. He's given a fiery, I don't know, bit of what's it to the COVID-19. He's, he's, he thinks that you can yell at it and blow at it and it's going to go away. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> and you, it just, you just watch him. You know, so he'll, he'll, he'll shout out, COVID-19! And then the other four fellows will repeat COVID-19 I blow that's right and he blows it's just and then the, the, the guys repeat everything he says it's just you just look at it and he has he, he gets a look on his face at one point he smiles and he's got the he's got the crazy eyes going and he's got that smile and you freeze it right there and I'll put these pictures on the show notes you freeze it right there, and you, you just like, really? <laughs> We're gonna listen to this guy? <laughs> it's got the COVID shaking in its shoes. Ooh, he's yelling at us and blowing at us. Yeah, we're gonna go away. <laughs> well, there was a uh, uh, someone on Facebook had uh, made a comment about, you know, they're not trying to be lookist about Mr. Copeland. Uh, but he's, he, he, the, the images of that, especially that pose, that smile and those crazy eyes and the way he's looking, he looks like a ventriloquist dummy. It was the something the guy brought up. And I went, yes! And I'll tell you exactly which ventriloquist dummy he looks like. In 1978, there was a movie that was simply titled Magic. And it stars Anthony Hopkins and Margaret and Burgess Meredith. And Anthony Hopkins plays a ventriloquist whose name is Corky. And Corky has um you know, he has some he, he some emotional and mental issues going on. And he his his dummy is a character named Fats. And and Fats is beginning to take over Courtney's uh, Corky's life. It's just 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 getting into his mind. It's a psychological thing. And uh, it, the the dummy. And I'll put these pictures up on the show notes, which you can get to by going to dimland.com, click on the show notes, and you will see uh, how similar the two faces are. Not exact. Uh, Fat's eyes are much wider, <laughs> much bigger than uh, Mr. Copeland's. But and oh, and there's also somebody took the the some of the prayer shouting at the disease that uh, Copeland was doing and put it to music. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'll link to that too. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is head to my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. 
I'm Darren McKee, one of the hosts of The Reality Check. Each week, my co-host and I explore a range of controversies and curiosities using science and critical thinking. You can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcasting platform, and on Facebook by searching for The Reality Check, or by following us on Twitter at TRC underscore podcast. Until then, keep an open mind, but not so open, your brain falls out. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm going to spend the last bit of the show trying to be not so heavy. <laughs> I was I was lightening lightening up as I you know, as I got to Kenneth Copeland and, and all that. Uh, I have not watched that movie Magic for a long time. I saw it, geez, I think in the 80s sometime. I should see if I can... Get it on the Netflix and watch it again. I want to see what that's like. It gets uh, mixed reviews. Uh, I remember Siskel and Ebert reviewed it. I think I think Ebert liked it, but Siskel didn't. Something like that. But uh, it's, an, it's an intriguing uh, topic in there. That uh, the ventriloquist dummy actually begins to take over the mind or or control the other fellow. There's a there's a moment. In the film, where Burgess Meredith, who plays the the talent agent for Corky, and he comes out to find him, he's concerned about this guy. And Corky's he's hiding himself away at this uh, uh, some some kind of a resort that uh, I think Anne Margaret runs, and um, his his talent agent finds him, and and in. Corky and Fats are just constantly connected and just doing stuff with each other. And uh, uh, Meredith's character tells him, "Say, you know, says, can you do this?" You know, he's 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 he's, he's worried about the sanity of Corky. And he says, "Corky, can you do this for me? Can you make Fats shut up for five minutes?" And and it's wonderful to watch um, Anthony Hopkins acting in that in that bit can he do it 
It's it's a it's a nice moment, uh, as I recall. <laughs> I haven't seen it for a long time, but I, I only remember that bit uh, because I was watching the review of the film not too long ago by Siskel Niebert, which is really neat. Uh, on YouTube, there are either full episodes uh, or you know just reviews of uh, from Siskel Niebert from those guys, and and they're great to watch. It's fun just to go back and just see them again. And watch the interaction between those two guys. It's really cool. Those guys just, oh, man, I miss them. I miss them. Because um, that was, there were two shows in the 1980s that I just refused to miss if I could. <laughs> if I could get a, not miss them a single week or, or night. Uh, and that was uh, Late Night with David Letterman and and Siskel and Ebert. Now, I would miss Tuesdays of Letterman because that was the night I'd be going to First Avenue. And then when Letterman went to... He was he was on four days a week for a while. He was on Monday to Thursday. And then on Fridays, there was some Friday night videos or something. Um, but then at some point, he went to five nights a week, and I would miss some Fridays. But uh, but really, for the most part, I just I had to see Letterman. But Siskel and Ebert, boy, I tell you, every Saturday... I just was, I look forward to watching the show, and that's why you know when it went from from PBS onto into syndication, and it was on the uh, ABC affiliate here in in the Twin Cities, and ABC on Saturdays would have college football games, and quite often the college football games would go overtime or go late, and and they would bump Siskel and Ebert, and ah, damn, you know I was always get upset about that. But anyway, if you can find. Magic. That's a that's a good recommendation, or at least check it out. It, maybe it's a terrible film. It's just I haven't seen it for so long. But Roger Ebert seemed to like it. Pretty sure Ebert liked it. Uh, I've got a cool thing, and this is I've I've this is related to a cool thing I had a couple weeks ago, and it's and again it deals with YouTube and baseball. Ah, uh, baseball. I miss baseball so much. I've been hearing that there, there's. I don't know if it's been settled or what they might, you know, uh, how it's going to go. But there's been a couple of ideas passed about how they could get the baseball season going, because everybody's shut down and all that right now. Um, what they, the proposal is, uh, or an idea that's been floated, is that uh, all the teams would play in Arizona, uh, on neutral sites or whatever, something like that. And then, uh, but there would be no fans in the stands. It'd just be the teams playing, and they'd have to closely monitor the players to make sure none of them uh, come down with the COVID. But uh, that that would be a possibility. There's also the possibility that, uh, well, since the the major leagues, they all they have training facilities either in Florida or in Arizona, most of them anyway. And what they would do is they would split it, and they call that the you know the grapefruit league, and the cactus league, and when they have the the preseason games going, that's that's how they split them up, because it's just easier for teams that are located in Florida to play teams other teams located in Florida, and it's vice versa. So what they're thinking of doing, this was another idea. They would have uh, two leagues, and it would be the cac the grapefruit league and the cactus league. And they would realign the teams. They'd have to come up with rules. Would they have the designated hitter for everybody, or you know, how would it work? And they would set it up where those teams would play, Florida and and Arizona, no fans in the stands, 
they play the games and then you know the 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 you know go on through to the World Series if it had to by playing in those areas and then once they get to the World Series they you know they'd have the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League I, I believe that's the that's one of the proposals. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't. I, I'm not sure where it's at at this point, but I do know I miss baseball. Um, but as I said, the cool thing, and that's kind of a cool thing if they do manage to work it out that way. And as I understand it, Dr. Fauci is is not is not opposed to doing something like that. Um, I think he would. I think he would say as long as they can test the players and make sure the players are healthy. But uh, we'll see. So anyway, um, speaking of baseball, we, my friend Michael, who lives out there in California, um, last weekend, last Sunday, we uh, made a, a date, as it were, to uh, on Sunday afternoon to watch a ball game on the YouTube. And that game that we watched was Game 7 of the 1991 World Series, possibly the best World Series ever played, and certainly one of the most uh, tension-filled games that there was in that series, and there was a lot of tension-filled games in that series. And it, it was the Twins playing the Atlanta Braves, who were playing here in Minneapolis, or in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. And um, it was Jack Morris, the veteran pitcher, uh, going against, uh, for the Twins, going against John Smoltz for the Braves, uh, who was a, a, I don't know if he was a rookie, but he was a younger guy, and Jack Morris was one of his childhood heroes as far as baseball was concerned. And he's somebody he modeled his his his, his uh, pitching style after, at least in part, and just had great admiration for it. And the two of those guys pitched a whale of a game. And, and you know, I mean, Smoltz, Smoltz as well as, as Morris, but Smoltz, Morris went 10 innings. And I believe uh, Smoltz went into the ninth before he was pulled, maybe the eighth. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, but I can't. But the eighth inning was a very interesting inning for the Twins because the Twins uh, turned on some good defense that helped deal uh, to help Jack Morris get out of that inning. Uh, he was getting a little shaky, and uh, uh, Lonnie Smith was on base for the for the Braves, or uh, and. Somebody got a uh, got a hit that could have brought uh, Lonnie Smith in to score from first, but as he as he was coming to second base, Knobloch, our second baseman, uh, Chuck Knobloch, and Greg Gagne, our shortstop, put on a fake out play. They acted as though you know Knobloch acted as though he had the ball and was throwing it to Gagne, who was covering second, and that that froze up Smith just just long enough to realize, oh wait, the ball's not. You know they don't have the ball, and he was able to get to third base, but he didn't score. And then the Twins turned a double play, first to home to first double play, which got him out of the inning, and that was awesome. Just some some great defense that just helped Morris out. And then after that, it was in that inning that Tom Kelly, manager for the Twins, came out to talk to Morris and said, uh, "What do you think?" <laughs> And Morris says, you're not taking me out of the game. And at some point, at, at, if he said it there or he said it later when he sent him in to, to pitch in the ninth or pitch in the tenth, he just said, just go ahead. He says, it's just another ball game. He says that to Morris. And Morris just was, ugh, yes, ugh, ugh. And then the Twins 
Now, you know, uh, Dan Gladden stretched a single into a double, and uh, and then got to second, got to third base, and Gene Larkin came up to pinch hit, and you know, it's after after um, after the Braves, you know, walked Puckett and then walked Herbeck to load the bases, and Larkin comes up there, and Larkin just pops a fly, just out past the the the, the outfield that we're playing in a bit, pops it out there. Dan Gladden runs across, scores the winning run. It's great. <laughs> it was great. The Twins won the World Series. My friends and I, we went down to Minneapolis, and I never high-fived more people in my life. <laughs> it was it was great. But it was just so nice, and it was so cool to, to be able to sit with a friend, chatting through the you know texting and watching the ball game, and just seeing that together. And um, he hadn't, Michael hadn't seen the entire game before. And so it was it was cool. So we're we're he he's picking the next game we're gonna watch, um, and then we're gonna you know find a time to when we can do it. So uh, really cool thing, very cool thing, uh, super cool thing. And another cool thing that's happening: all the Star Wars movies are available on DVD or Blu-ray. They're all out. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker Episode Nine has come out. And they're all available. And I I own them all. So I have started a Star Wars-a-thon. I mean, I'm not watching them end-to-end all the way through. Uh, but what I'm doing is I'm, you know, I'm watching the movies, you know, as, as, from, from, from part one all the way through. And the way it works out, chronologically, the way I'm going to watch them is, is ep- episodes one, two, three. Those are the prequels. Then Solo then Rogue One, and then Episodes 3 through 9. Because that's how they should be watched. I think that chronologically that works the best. That's how that's how it's supposed to work. So uh, I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you, I mean, I've, I've, I've already watched Phantom Menace, which is okay. A little too Jar Jar Binksy, but it's it's okay. Uh, and I've watched Attack of the Clones. That's episode two. And that one's a little... They could have really trimmed out a lot of that romance between Anakin and Padme at that part. They could have trimmed that se- segment down quite a bit. Um, and it would have... Flown, it would have The flow would have been better. It's, it gets a little clunky and slow and stupid during that part. Uh, and it, you know, But it's, it's, it's also okay. Uh, and so that's, that's what I've watched so far. Um, but then, you know, Revenge of the Sith is a, gets a little bit better, as I recall. And then, um, and I'm telling you, I've liked every Star Wars movie that has come out from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker. I've liked them all. Maybe I'm a little too lenient on them, but I've liked them all because uh, they're just great popcorn movies. The prequels, it's just maybe not quite as great, but the rest of them are. And I don't care if they, if they keep blowing up the star, the Death Star. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care that we don't know the backstory on Snoke. I don't care. <laughs> well, you know, I, I brought this up before. We when we watched the original three films, you know, A New Hope, The, the Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, when we watched those three movies, I don't recall anybody saying, what's the backstory on the Emperor? We didn't have a backstory on the Emperor. He's just a bad guy. He had no backstory. Why did we care? We didn't care. Okay? (laughs) We thought the Ewoks were a little pushing it, but, you know, even 
come on. It's Star Wars. Get some popcorn and enjoy it. Just go for the ride. Have some fun. You know, and that's the, 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 the drawback of the prequels is that they, they, they're not quite as fun. There's something cold about them. Just something... Mm. But, uh, but and, you know, and, and to a pedant like myself, um, when the, re return, uh, the Revenge of the Sith comes and the big lightsaber battle between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan is taking place inside a volcano, essentially... And you know, and the guys aren't even are barely breaking a sweat. You guys should be burning. You're cooking. You're in an oven that's heated to what, fifteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit? You should be cooking. <laughs> it's just it. They sh they should be on fire, and they don't catch on fire. You know, Anakin catches on fire finally when it's a, it's convenient for him to. But this it's ah. But even still, looks really cool. You know, the bat it's done really well. Visually it's just it's stunning. But I, I've 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 enjoyed all the Star Wars movies. I'm enjoying watching them again. It's it's a fun deal to do. Um maybe I'm being you know, too generous. But come on. It's Star Wars. Uh let's see. A couple weeks ago. I uh, I went for a walk. There's uh, just down the way from our house, a couple houses down, uh, just beyond that. There's a there's a little bit of a park. It's kind of an odd sort of park that it's it's a it runs several blocks. It's narrow. Uh, it, you know the width of it itself is maybe half a block at at its widest point, maybe three quarters of a block. And it's a path, a walking path that extends from, um, you know, to the south of where we live. There's uh, like three blocks that way. There's a railroad tracks that has a bridge that goes, a walking bridge that goes over the, the tracks. So it starts about there from the south and it heads north and it goes several blocks north. And it's just so, it's so it branches into a couple walking paths, uh, like, like uh, something like two or three blocks away from our house to the north and then it stretches on for another couple of blocks that way and it's just this you know long walking path or paths uh, and, it, and it's it's nice and it, it it follows along where there used to be I believe it was trolley tracks because back or streetcar tracks back in the um, the olden days uh, the Twin Cities had a streetcar system uh, throughout uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis until I think it's sometime in the 50s they switched over to buses and uh, so that some of these areas are still you know the area is still cleared out where the where the tracks used to be and the, now that that park that we can walk through is that's what it is that's what used it used I believe it was a, it was for the streetcars at least a section of it so the other day I was I was walking along uh, along there and somebody had um, had gotten out some sidewalk chalk, and they were writing uh, inspirational messages. You know, uh, I don't remember all of them word for word, but there were things like uh, "keep your chin up," "stay strong," "we're in this together," that kind of stuff. And it's it's nice to see that because I tell I'll tell you, uh, boys and girls, uh, occasionally I get a little anxious. <laughs> 
and I had I, I had an anxiety not not necessarily an anxiety attack for the not if it was it was just very mild earlier this week I was I was listening to Doug Loves Movies which is generally uh, Doug Benson is a comedian who has other comedians come on stage with him and they talk about movies and they play games in front of an audience well because of the COVID-19 they can't do this in front of an audience anymore so they, he gets people together they sit at a safe distance from each other and they do a show there's no audience and they were talking about COVID and I'm sitting down trying to draw and I started getting anxious and I just I just I, I, uh, I said to my wife I can't I can't I can't I can't draw I can't listen to this I can't I have to, I had to put something on I had to watch something I think I watched one of the Star Wars movies to try to get out of this world for a little bit so it's it's uh, it's going for a walk kind of helps it gets you out of the house gets you somewhere to walk and all that so I'm seeing these messages and and I'm thinking, that's nice. That's nice. And I get to this one message that says, never stop. Ah, uh, But I was put in, the, in, in, in a bit of a dilemma at that never stop. Because the person who wrote that chose to write it right next to a stop sign. I stood for I don't know how long, trying to figure out, what should I do? Should I never stop? Or should I stop? I, I, I didn't know what to do. I ended up following the advice of the, uh, the more professionally done lettering. Good night, doctor. <laughs> Good night. Jesus, about time you said something. <sighs> Well, be skeptical in extraordinary claims, uh, prior extraordinary evidence. Uh, don't panic. Uh, wash your hands. Stay home. Stay safe. And this is Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, your host of uh, Dimland Radio here on Talk Radio Network, reminding you all to sleep the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. in.
What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.